the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. As you know, it's Thursday. That means it's a date day edition of the program. So I'm live in studio with my beautiful wife, Paula. We're here to take your phone calls and answer your questions. Maybe I should tell you who I am. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And every weekday at 4, we're here to take your phone calls and answer your questions. But on Thursdays, it's special. Because Paula's special and she's here. Ladies, it's a day that we set aside especially for you. If Paula can help you or encourage you with anything, area code 210-340-9585 is the number to call. That's 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email your questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also send them in to us via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now button and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time, 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the show. We've been hanging out all day. Yep, thank you. So what's on your mind? Well, you know, um, I've been listening to the radio program like I always do, of course, but all of a sudden, it seems like in the last couple of weeks, I'm kind of like doing a little bit of a log of some of the questions that come in that catch my attention. And so... um, you know, somebody called in and asked if um, if you get punished for other people's sins. You know, and it was talking about um, uh, illegitimate babies. And I loved how you answered, you know, God never punishes anybody for someone else's sin. So the punishment would go to those babies. You know, it was like, no, it's not their fault. You know, and aborted babies, the same things. Miscarried babies, the same thing. So, um, you know, just... Sometimes what we need to just kind of think things through. Yeah, and and always with the character uh, and nature of God yeah. in in view. You know, we can get all twisted up about something that maybe we don't understand. Mm-hmm. But if we evaluate that by the character of God, mm-hmm. then then pretty much we're going to be on solid ground. And God is a just God. He's in the Old Testament, he's called compassionate and merciful, mm-hmm. uh, slow to anger and abounding in love. And and we have to remember that. And that phrase is repeated uh, so many times in the Old Testament that mm-hmm. God's trying to get an idea across it, that mm-hmm. he's nice. You always say yes, God's nice. Yes, yes, I do. You know, I, that leads, led me to a question to ask, though. You know, uh, the kids that are born drug-addicted who live their lives and you know maybe nobody knows about their parents and that's why they were born that's a rough life Mm -hmm. for those kids to live um what would you say to that about the kids who are born addicted to drugs and then as they grow up well you know obviously there's there's natural consequences to the choices that people make one of the things that i constantly um talk about here at church paula is that uh, when we decide to sin 
uh, we're not the only ones that are hurt. Yeah. And there are victims because of our sin. Yeah. And in a case yeah. like this, and, and you know, um, God is so gracious. We, we have examples of that right here mm-hmm. in our church where those children have been uh, adopted by other families in our church. And uh, you, you just see the hand of God all over their lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, kids that we thought there, were no, there was no hope mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. and suddenly they're thriving. Um, so, so God's hand is on them. Mm-hmm. You know, I always feel like those people who are born uh, legitimate victims, um, and I'm talking about um, not just uh, babies whose moms were addicted to drugs, um, but um, uh, women who are abused. Um, we've just seen God go out of his way over and over mm-hmm. to sort of pour out special grace. All grace is special, mm-hmm. but just this extra dose of grace mm-hmm. in their lives. And it's almost like God is trying to make up to them for the way they were misrepresented. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why we tell people who come from really difficult backgrounds, you know, surrender to the Lord because he'll meet you where you are in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. Yeah. So uh, there are consequences, but, but it's, if, it's not God punishing them. Mm-hmm. It's simply a natural consequence to sin. You know, we've got kids that grow up in alcoholic homes and we've got kids that grow up in angry homes mm-hmm. and and those kinds of sins always always uh, cause a lot of pain and you know because we do a lot of the counseling together here um, um, we're, we're counseling women who are in their 40s 50s and 60s who are still trying to understand why dad did this to them or why mm-hmm. mom and dad were, were angry all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just the natural consequence of sin. And I, I think we forget that so much, especially in our sort of um, lenient view of sin. Oh, God understands. Um, God understands the consequences and the pain that's caused. Mm-hmm. And he's just looking for an opportunity to meet people um, and take them from where they were to a place where he wants them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Cindy, I like Cindy's calls because, you know, sometimes you don't know somebody as well as you you think you you do. Or, um, But Cindy's questions kind of make you want to get to know what's in her brain a little bit better, you know, talking about the fall of Satan and that he still has access to the throne to this day. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's always accusing us. But she, her question was, the demons who fell with Satan's What's their mission? You know, and you were telling her that their mission field is here on earth, but they will be done away with. You know, I love that. Their mission is to rob, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. They get their marching orders from the devil. At the same time, it's not like Satan's kingdom is a united kingdom. There's chaos. (laughs) Um, But but, um, they're real, and we've got to understand that they're real, and they want to destroy us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think one of my favorite ones was the man, the older man. It sounds like an older couple, you know, uh, wanting, you know, dating a Christian woman doesn't want to mess it up. (laughs) <laughs> that was that was yeah, they really, said, really he good. He said they were both in their 50s. Uh, that was really good. I love that one. Um, and then the one that broke my heart was submission to husbands. Uh, the lady considered that. That was on Tuesday. The lady considered that as slavery. And so I was, uh, if I can get my Bible thing to work, it just wanted to be really slow today. Because in um, Titus 2... Let me get there. It's going to open up in a minute now. Uh, One through five. It says, as for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the, this is the New Living Translation. I just happen to have it on there. Anyway, teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. I think I like it better in another one, in... um, either the New King James, because at the end of that it says, 
that the word of God may not be blasphemed. That's a stronger um, reasoning, I would say. You know, we've been teaching Philemon, and um, you can see where there's opportunity and purpose in those opportunities. And sometimes we kind of have the wrong perspective. You know, it was saying, um, I like the New King James better, that they admonished the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands. You know, <laughs> not everybody else's husband, obedient to their own husbands. That's the word of God. There's a reason and a, a purpose for why God asks us to do the things he asks us to do. And, you know, even me sometimes, I'm not all that excited about uh, submitting or doing the thing right then and there either, but um, so that the word of God may not be blasphemed. God, the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the capital B boss, and our husbands here on earth are the lowercase B boss. The, the thing that, you know, you were saying yesterday that a lot of men are calling in and asking for uh, questions of me and stuff like that. And what I would want to say to any guy is don't make it hard on your wives to be submissive to you. I mean, it's our job. It's, it's what we're supposed to do. But don't be a jerk. Be somebody that it makes it easy for her to submit to you. So, you know, it starts in the beginning. Um, the older men be sober, sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. And so it, they go hand in hand. Even though the, the the woman, you know, God the Father, then Jesus, then the man, then the woman, um, we all have a role and there's a an order, but we should make it easy on each other um, to be able to do those things. Yeah, I'd, I'd add one more word to that. That's not in the in the passage that you just read, but that word is men be consistent. Yes. So that your wives know who you are mm -hmm. and that they can rest knowing that you're a man of God. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, Paul, uh, what are some of the things for, for some of the men in our audience, what are some of the things that uh, as a wife, um, uh, a husband could do or should do that would make it easier for a wife to submit? Yeah. Obviously being consistent, we just mentioned, but... Being consistent and, and caring. I mean, you know, we appreciate, especially if the husband is a uh, work-away-from-home guy, you know, and comes home. As We want to try to have the house nice and the, the meal cooked, that kind of things, and the kids are maybe already bathed and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we just try to make it as easy on you as possible. Um, but notice... You know, notice, say thank you, um, help out. We were at the restaurant this morning. It blessed my heart that there was a young couple, I would say maybe early 30s, maybe oh, late. Um, I, I don't think, I think mid-20s. Mid-20s, you think so? Yeah. Okay. Um, but the man was so excited that he and his wife had had a son. And I would say, what do you think, about four or five months old you think the baby was maybe a little older than okay that. well when the when it was time for the di baby to have his diaper changed the man took him to the men's restroom and changed his diaper and then when the food came he set the high chair by him and was feeding the baby and the baby got a little fussy he took the baby out of the high chair and put it in the carrier which was on the bench next to him and cared for him so the wife could eat her meal and um, she was obviously, they were FaceTiming with somebody else and they were all talking and showing the baby off too. But, um, you know, it's not just the woman's job is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and, and you know, you could tell in that case that they both really enjoyed being a mom and a dad. Yes. And it was obviously their first child. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was just really a, a, a fun thing to watch. Um, The guy, the man in this case, um, he was filled with joy. He was grateful. He sure was. And you could tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's another thing. You know, I, we understand uh, when you come home, you might be tired and you might have had a, a crummy boss or just a crummy day, you know. But as a godly 
husband, you can take care of that stuff in the car with the Lord before you come home. Because the last thing, especially the kids need to see and hear, is slamming doors or, you know, talking bad about your boss or your coworkers. Um, you don't, don't bring that stuff home kind of thing. And um, it, So there, um, be happier home. You know, like you were saying last night in the study, and it was quiet in church last night. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a good study, but woo, it was not just for the men, but everybody. We were all thinking, man, how far short do we fall? It was the anatomy of sin, and you can talk about it a little bit later because everybody's like, what's she talking about? You know. Yeah. Well, let me just say, we, 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 I taught on Second Samuel chapter eleven, just the first five verses. And only touched on verse 5 very briefly. But uh, it was the anatomy of sin, and I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, it, it's something if sin is crouching at your door, if, if you're one of those people that thinks you're getting away with something, or you're wondering why your walk with God isn't vibrant and thriving, um, uh, please listen to that study. You can go to calvaryessay.com. It's already posted. Uh, I'm going to do the next two and maybe even three weeks on the follow-up on this with David's response. Um, but but uh, I, I just think it's that important uh, of a Bible study. So uh, I, I'll recommend it again and probably mention it in, in subsequent uh, Yeah, we'll probably talk about well. it next Thursday, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. it's, it's just important. But, Paul, I think what you're saying is that, that the man needs to sh- demonstrate fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, mm-hmm. and self-control. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the things that we have a responsibility. Now, we have no way of knowing where these kids today in the, in the restaurant were believers or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could sure see they were enjoying the gift yeah. that they'd been blessed with. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the important thing is, is, as a Christian, if your wife is told to submit to your leadership... You've got to be honest enough to ask the question, are you worth following? Mm-hmm. Or are, are you even followable? And by that I mean, can your wife tell where you're going? Does she know that you're communicating with the Lord, that you're a man of prayer, that you're a man of the Word? Uh, are you a man of the Word with your wife as one flesh? Are you in the Word together? Um, are you, are you, if you have children, are you teaching your children? If you're a single man or a single woman, um, if you're going to stay single, great. But if, if eventually you're going to get married, um, you should ought to be in training for it right now. God is trying to prepare you for whatever it is that he has in your future. And it's just really hard for women to submit to the leadership of a guy who has no idea where he's going yeah. and doesn't seem to be serious about it. And Paula, one of the things that, as you know, breaks my heart uh, as almost nothing else is that, that, that many genuine Christians are so ignorant toward what the Bible says that uh, they have no idea how to lead. They have no idea who Jesus is or what Jesus would do. Yeah, How many women do we talk to that say, I want my husband to lead, but he just won't. That is a sad commentary. And if there's a leadership vacuum in the home, the woman is going to take it. Yeah. And once she tastes it, she's not going to want to give it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. That's almost like, you know, the people who get deployed, the men who get deployed, and the, the woman's home, they, she's got a routine going with the kids and everything, and then dad comes home and it's all the rules change. It's okay if all the rules change following Jesus, but if the rules change just following him, that's not mm-hmm. all that great. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, Paula, one comment I'd like to make on that question that we had from uh, that caller. By the way, let me give you the phone numbers again. It's area code 210-340-9585 for your live calls or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. The the lady who wrote in that question um, basically was saying that it's it's not fair to submit to her husband that, that, uh, that, that sort of subjects her to slavery in her own home. But that's why we need, as Christians, to understand um, not only the Word of God, but the heart of God. 
Is it possible as a woman, is it possible that God doesn't want you to be happy, that he wants you to feel like a slave? And so that's the way to do it. You've got to submit to my leadership. Well, the answer is if you know who he is, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And when we bring these worldly ideas, well, I want my say so, or I want to, to have some authority or equal authority in the marriage. Um, Paul says that we can only be transformed by the renewing of our mind. I call it new thinking. Mm-hmm. And the only place that we can get new thinking is in the Word of God. Yeah. And we bring all these worldly ideas. I can't tell you how many times women, young women especially, uh, they'll go to work or they'll go away to school and they'll hear all of this stuff about uh, women's rights and and sort of find a reason to rebel against male authority in the church. Like we and, need a reason. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah and you don't. It's yeah. what our flesh wants to do anyway Mm -hmm. but but we constantly have to be renewing our minds every day and when we who are Christians think like the world thinks the truth is we're in rebellion against God and if we're in rebellion against God our fellowship with him dries up yeah and and we're in trouble Mm -hmm. Um, you know uh, I just did a retreat this past weekend and it was uh, the the theme was living loved from First John 4, uh, 7 through 21. And I don't know how many times in that I, I guess I could have written that down, but let us love one another for love is of God. Let us love one another over and over. Who who does not love does not know God. God is love. You know, and this, the love of God was manifested toward us. He sent his only begotten son. That's not fair. That's not fair. And Isaiah 53 says, and it pleased God the Father to crush Jesus for my sins that's not fair I mean a totally innocent man but he did that obediently I don't think it was all that willingly but he wanted to do to please his father but obediently he he subjected himself to you know um, being mocked and scourged and hung on that cross and there's sometimes when we get an attitude we forget mm-hmm. that he died for my sins. and not, not only that, but Isaiah 50 says, he set his face as flint to walk right into that yeah. circumstance. Yeah. And he did it just for us. He did yeah. it to please his father. Without opening his mouth. Yeah. Like a lamb led to the slaughter without opening his mouth. He didn't say, no, 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 that's not fair. Hey, you know, I'm the innocent one. Hey, like me, I'm the precious one. You know, I deserve better. No, I deserve hell just like the rest of every, the rest of the people. But but God, but God, um, and so. And see, that's why the new thinking every day is so vital, because our flesh doesn't want to remember those things. Our flesh doesn't want to think about what Jesus did for us. Um, our flesh only wants to focus on what he's doing for us right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he said a servant is not above his teacher or his master. That's right. And he, they did those things to him. Those things are going to happen to us. And Paula, one of the things that we remind people of all the time here is that male headship in the world, in the home, in the church, male headship is a curse. It's it's not supposed to be something that we embrace uh, with our flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's a curse. The only answer for a curse has always been death. So we got to die. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily. Mm-hmm. Deny yourself every day. Mm-hmm. And then we find we have life. Jesus said in a verse that I quote as much as any other, um, he who finds his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm-hmm. And what we've got to do is we've got to decide, you know what, in my marriage, I'm not going to worry about what he does or what she does. Uh, I'm going to worry about what my responsibility to God is because of what he's already done. And Jesus promises we'll have life, in fact, abundant life, if if we'll do that. And I I just think we're not in the word enough to really believe that's going to be true. If God asks us to submit to the leadership of somebody that we have a hard time trusting, um, it's easier to trust taking matters into our own hands Mm -hmm. or doing what seems right to us. Mm -hmm. And even if what seems right to us would generally be the right thing, uh, it's never the right thing to rebel against God. 
And it's something that we only can find in the pages of Scripture. If we don't do that, then we're always going to have this constant battle um, between husband and wife, two who are supposed to be one, are kind of coming out of different corners, ready to face off and punch it out. And um, the reality is that we've got to learn that, that Jesus is trustworthy. He did it for us. Uh, he will show up for us. And I don't think we believe that. Yeah. Sometimes we just flat out forget. We just flat out forget. Um, and maybe we'll talk about this on the other side. But, you know, verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Um, <clears throat> but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And I think kind of in a way that's what we're talking about. If we know we're loved by God, it, like this lady, will stop fighting um, to to make that person love us, to treat us like we want to be treated, which would to us equal. Well, that's love. And so we need to realize that God is love. That did come on pretty loud right there. Instead of living love, like you said, yeah. Jesus loves me, this I know. Well, the Bible tells But if you're not in the Word, you won't know it. That's You'll right. focus on the circumstances. We would love your live calls and questions or comments on today's program, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back on the other side of the break. See you in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of the date day edition i am in the office with the prettiest girl in texas 340-9585 for your live calls and questions um today we're kind of talking about a variety of subjects so anything on your heart or mind or any questions we would be happy to take your phone calls and answer those questions um you know paula one of the things i don't want to speed through here as we get into the second half of the program is this idea of living loved i think far too many women uh, are looking to their husbands to meet their needs emotionally and spiritually and physically and every other way uh, when that's putting so much pressure on the husband that it's doomed to fail, um, we've got to understand that our love comes from above. Mm-hmm. And if we if we truly understand the height and width and breadth and depth of his love, uh, then what we have is love to pour out to others instead of expecting to get it back. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, because this is just the way God works, we get tons of love back. But when we insist on loving, when we insist on doing things our way, and we try to win these little mini battles, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're not mini battles, they're big ones, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're doomed to failure simply because it's, well, it's just impossible to do in our flesh. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people's, well, a lot of our walks are like, you know. Um, you know, I've been good for a long time. I've been serving you. You should notice, you should, you know, serve me back. Just like with the Lord, you know. You know, I've been going to church every Sunday for like a year and a half now. You know, <laughs> I should be able to go off and do my own thing just for one weekend at least. You know, and, no, we. Isn't, isn't it terrible that we we think going to church is like a work that? Okay, God, I did my bit. <laughs> we are the church, mm-hmm. and if we don't go, we're removing ourselves from the place. One of the key elements of last night's Bible study was David was in trouble because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, we who are Christians often get in trouble because we're going to take that time away from church or we're going to take that time uh, to ourselves. We're going to do something to pamper us or, or I just need some rest. And we're not in the place where God can use us. And if we're not in the place God can use us, we're... we're frustrated because we're trying to to fix ourselves or make things better ourselves uh, every time we're not in the place we're supposed to be then we're going to have trouble yep every time <laughs> sure sure worked for david last night man yeah um I, I loved how you went through the whole thing because you know a lot of times 
remember the old Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. <laughs> no, we do stuff because it's in our heart. We, it's stuff we want to do. He should have been out at war. He, you know, he should have been in the place where God wanted him to be. But And like he knew saying, he should have been. And he knew it. And he still had an opportunity because when uh, Uriah came home and said, you know, he didn't go down to his home, he said, how can I do that when Joab, my master, and everybody else, David could have said, you know what? We're going back tomorrow. We're going together. Yeah. That would have, you know, it wasn't, he didn't have to have Nathan come. He, he, he would he, have he would have had to tell you right then though what he'd done. Yeah. So you know, it's just it's just uh, it's such a tragic story. Now, it ends well. David is forgiven, and one of the things I hear, especially men, say Paul all the time with God, well, God used David after his terrible sin. Yeah, but David's life was so filled with pain from that point forward. He's a murderer. The, a murderer, uh, uh, an adulterer. adulterer. Yeah. Uh, the the lethal consequences. Parents, yeah. he, he, David might be the worst father yeah. in Scripture. He tried to hide his sin from the Lord. Yeah. I mean, really. And uh, the consequences never left him. Yeah. And and I, I think sometimes we expect, well, God, if you're gonna if you forgive me, then make everything fixed. And, and you know, we got to work through our consequences and grow. David is going to do that, yeah. and he's still going to be used by the Lord. But but every minute of his life is going to be filled with pain from this moment forward, simply because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't get any backstory, and I don't want to, to to impose too much on the Scripture here, but we don't get any of the backstory. Why why wasn't he? The, the, the last chapter, the way the Bible is constructed is magnificent. The last chapter, David realized he had to go to war with Joab. And, and 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 that's what gave David the greatest victory of his life. And we, as we open chapter 11, David isn't where he's supposed to be. The time when kings are out to war, David was on his roof. Maybe he'd seen this girl. Hmm. Maybe he'd, he'd just kind of checked her out and thought, well, you know, who knows, maybe she'll come out there again someday. And maybe that's why he decided. Sin never happens to us suddenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, sin happens over a period of time. Satan, I said last night, springs a trap. He sets it up and then he springs it and you're busted and unfortunately um, David fell right into the jaws yeah. of that trap. Yeah. yeah. So if you know you're loved by Jesus, um, you know, how beautiful you are, my darling, there is no flaw in you. Um, when you're in love, you want to serve. You want to please the one who loves you and who you love. Um, and it's not, you know, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And it's not such a burden. It's not being a slave if, you, if we can get our focus on the one who truly loves us. You know, so I hope that helps somebody. But, you know, I was, I was thinking at, um, at the retreat I did, you know, the fourth teaching was love him because he first loved us and the Lord just completely changed my study. He had me go to Song of Solomon which you know, I hear you talk about all the time of course and um, just read the, the, the portions that are titled Lover. Well I didn't just do that. He had me um, and sometimes you know you say this we don't get to teach theory. We have to live it out ourselves. And so, you know, she starts off with, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Because of the fragrance of your good ointments, your name is ointment poured forth. Therefore, the virgins love you. Draw me away. Um, and rightly do they love you. You know, and so it starts out like that because she's smitten, you know, and um and then she goes on to say, I am dark but lovely, and I always take that opportunity, you know, because I'm dark <laughs> and, and, and lovely. Um, uh, but do not do not look upon me because I am dark, because the sun has tanned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. And so, you know, she's smitten with him, and then she thinks about herself, and it's like, oh, man, no. I got no chance. I got no chance. You know, Paula, <laughs> just my, the, the first time I saw you, I, I mean, the first time I saw you was when you were like in, 
in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. But but the next time after some years had passed, I saw you it was in in 1970, March 13th. You were cheerleading across a gym. Okay, be careful what you say. I have a feeling you're going to what? <laughs> you don't worry about what I'm going to oh, say. Oh, here we go. But but I I, I looked at you. <laughs> Uh, from across the gym, I could see back then, mm-hmm. and you were jumping around, and mm-hmm. and I just thought, I, I was sitting next to a friend, I said, who's that? And his name was Larry Bruce, yeah. and Larry said, that's Paula Anderson. I said, that's not Paula Anderson, because the last time I saw you as a freshman, you were skinny and all feet, <laughs> and I mean, you look like Minnie Mouse, <laughs> and, and, and I looked oh, at, at, at Larry, my, my first thought was, wow, she's filled out. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I said, I've got to meet her. Mm-hmm. And Larry looked at me and said, you have no chance with her. Yeah. And I said, you just get me her phone number. <laughs> and, and he did. A week later, we met and fell in love instantly. We've been together ever since. Yeah. That's what it was like. But she thought she had no chance with him. Yeah. And so he had to convince her because she didn't know that, that she stole his heart mm-hmm. at first glance as well. And so he looks at her. Now, the, the Song of Solomon is not in any type of chronological order. Yeah, I know. You have to be careful when you're reading it because it, it sounds like there's a whole lot of, of immorality going on. Uh, but, but it's a poem. We've got to understand the poetic license. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he looks at her, and she, she's in love. He's in love. And, and finally, he looks at her and, and says, Oh, beautiful you are, my darling. You're perfect. And then she says, no, don't stare at me like that. <laughs> My skin's dark. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in a culture when beauty was measured sort of by plumpness and whiteness of skin, mm-hmm. women of means would actually take bleaching treatments for their skin. I tell you what, I tell you this all the time. If money was no object, what would I get every day? <laughs> get, a massage yeah. every day. Beauty treatment. Beauty, spa <laughs> treatment, yeah. I'm just going, where's Paula? She's at the spa. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they really did. Mm-hmm. And they worked to make themselves beautiful according to the standard of the day. Well, the standard of the day was plumbness. Mm-hmm. I can bear your children is what that was advertising. Yeah. And And this girl, because she worked in the field... Uh, her brothers were taking advantage of her. She lived in a bad home. Mm-hmm. Um, um, she says, no, I'm not like those pretty girls. Yeah. She says, I am the Rose of Sharon and the Lily of the Valleys. And that's a weed. Yeah, you know, it sounds real pretty, but... Yeah, but it's just a weed. Uh-huh. You know, th- those other girls are the pretty flowers. Yeah. I'm just a weed. Yeah. And Solomon looks at her. Yeah. And he says, no, you're, you're like the best yeah. of the best. Yeah. Perfect for me. And he convinces her. Mm-hmm. And then she sort of gets in the swing of it. And basically, I always paraphrase it this way. Mm-hmm. She looks at him and says, well, you know, you're not bad yourself. Yeah, and no, you're hot. She starts checking him out, <laughs> and he's checking her out. Uh-huh. And, and they're falling in love. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus looking at every one of the, the, the women and men mm-hmm. that we're talking to today. Uh, he's trying to convince you how beautiful you are. Now, for you ladies, and I'll just share this, because we men are jerks. Um... You've been told by men, uh, some of you even by your mothers from the beginning of your life that you're never going to mount anything, that you're never going to be pretty enough or smart enough or thin enough. Um, why bother trying, you know, just just any ship in a storm kind of thing. Just take the first one that comes. And, um, you know, they, they, they beat us down and our self-esteem just goes out the door. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is trying to scream at you, know how beautiful you are, my darling. There's no flaw in you. And we have to make a decision about who we're going to believe. Yeah. Do we believe the people in this world that don't have our best interests at heart? Or are, even, though, even though we think they should, certainly our parents, um, what do we say all the time? Yep. No matter how old somebody yep. is, they, they just want to hear their dad or their mom say, I'm proud of you, I love you. Yep. Um, Jesus is screaming that at us every day. But if we're focused on the world, if we're focused on how we feel, if we're focused on the failings of other people, we can't hear the voice from heaven saying, no, 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 you're the most beautiful of all of the flowers. Those other girls can't compare to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And we, we've got to learn to live loved. Yeah, and, it, it, and it's a choice, and a choice to remember because what happens is the world and when we look in the mirror ourselves, 
we're our own worst enemy. We look in the mirror ourselves, and we we start pointing out our own flaws. And then if we mess up again, possibly doing that same sin that we already promised Lord we wouldn't do again, um, then all the things that we've been told, we're like, man, they're right. Yeah, and and uh, you you mentioned we do that same sin, whatever that sin is. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that gives the enemy a chance to start screaming about how far short you fall, yeah. fall as well. Yeah, see, you call yourself a Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what we've got to do is understand that we are accepted in the beloved. Yeah. We are the beloved. Yeah. And uh, the Song of Solomon is instrumental in helping people understand that. You know, John says that we love him because he first loved us. But if we don't really know that he loved us, if we don't really believe it, mm-hmm. I mean, we can intellectually say, well, I know he's God, so he has to love me mm-hmm. in spite of all my faults. Mm-hmm. But what we got to do is really believe it. That's why new thinking matters so much. And and uh, going back to the question from, from the program earlier, uh, sl- submitting to my husband makes me a slave. Why would God want me to be a slave? That's coming from the perspective of a woman who doesn't know God at all. Mm. He doesn't know God at all. Every woman, and I say this, I don't like speaking generally. I know. But I think I can speak generally with authority here. Every woman has a really hard time accepting a compliment. Yep. I, I talk about that all the time. You know, somebody will say, oh, you're so pretty. And we're looking at them. We hear, but our head instead of going up and down or saying thank you, goes side to side saying, they're talking about the wrong person. Oh, I gained 10 pounds. We, yeah, you that. Know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or, or, or no, I'm, I don't look pretty. My skin is this. or mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we just, we need to learn to say thank you. Yeah. And then we can look to heaven and say, Jesus, thank you mm-hmm. for giving him your eyes. Yeah. And I do that quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're convinced. Well, I'll sort of some most of the time, if I, unless I'm feeling ugly, you know. But see, that, that's our job. Our job as husbands is yeah. to make our wives feel like the most precious, the most beautiful, the most loved women on the face of the earth. And ladies, for you, if you don't have a husband who gets that yet, then you've got to let Jesus be your first husband. Yeah. And, and he'll tell you that all day, every day. But if you're not in the Word, if you're watching Oprah, oh, or goodness. if you're, you're, you're on Facebook... You're not going to hear any of that. Yeah. But if you're in the Word, you're going to hear Jesus sort of wash you, uh, wash over you with waves of love and compliments. And 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 not only will you feel special, uh, but you'll be special. And ladies, all of you, if you live loved, by that again we mean knowing how much God loves you, how precious you are to Him, you will be beautiful. Mm-hmm. You will be beautiful. Mm-hmm. You will know it. I mean, it's like we have one friend, uh, Kendra. She just knows she's all that. <laughs> <laughs> and she will tell you in a minute. <laughs> I love her for that. Um, you know, we we can get a little complacent sometimes. You know, I think that's what you're talking about with David, too. You know, get a little complacent instead of uh, being desperate and relying on the Lord for every decision made. Because, after all, he does know our tomorrows. He knows our today, but he knows our tomorrows as well. And so, you know, being in the Word, you're, you're right. If we, just, if we will stay close to him, he knows what our day is like. You know, I, I tell that story of Ronnie coming into the bedroom and getting on top of me, you know, Mom, opening my eyeballs up. Mom, are you awake? Well, I am now. Well, Jesus is kind of like that. Not that he stands over me, opens my eyes, but when I do open my eyes, he's right there. Hi. Yeah, hi. <laughs> I got a plan for today, you know. Um, I'm, and he doesn't force me to go with him, but he's sure hoping I will. You know, he mm-hmm. knows if I'm going to. You know, he, same with David. David, you need to be out in the field with the guys, man. What are you doing? David didn't hear that. But for us, we need to be... Um, every morning looking forward to what is God going to do with joy, you know, and so. Paul, we've got Cindy on line one from San Antonio. Oh, cool. Cindy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Mama Paul. I'm Pastor Ron. Cindy, Cindy have we got you? Am I here? Oh, okay. Hi, now we can hear you. 
Okay. Hi. Um, I've had uh, leg surgery yesterday, and my, oh my. I, my leg is wrapped up in this big thing from my upper thigh all the way down to my ankle, so I can't bend it. So I'm not going to be able to get to church for a couple of weeks. Okay, and what I want to do is spend this time to just to really get into listening to uh, some of the Bible studies. And, and I just wondered if you'd suggest a book for me, because I just can't seem to decide or make my mind up. And I figured if you'd suggest one to me, I could um, just kind of spend my time reading and, and studying um, yeah, the past um, uh, Bible studies that are on the Internet from you. Okay, I can do that, Cindy, but first let me ask you to read them, read the scriptures, what you're going to study, and then you can listen to me, and I appreciate that you want to do that. Can I ask you, are you in, are you in pain? No, I can't believe okay, it. No, you know what? The Lord's just been so good. The, the, yesterday, <laughs> they, I guess the anesthesiologist put a whole bunch of pain medication in, my, in the area. There was a lump on my knee that had to be taken out. It, it, it was a fatty mm-hmm. tumor. It wasn't cancer or anything. But he shot me up with a whole bunch of pain stuff that would last for a day or so. But I, I think it would have worn off by now. And, of course, they gave me a whole bunch of pills, which I'm not taking because I don't think I need them. But, no, I'm not in any pain or anything. I just can't, you know, bend my, bend my leg. Well, I've seen you. You've probably heard me say this. But I'm terrified of pain pills. I just see so many people <laughs> get dependent upon them. So, so I'm going to be praying for extra grace and pain relief. Cindy, do me a favor and do Ephesians. I always All recommend right. Ephesians. The design of the book is magnificent. The first three chapters are everything that God's done for you. And the next three chapters are what should be our practical response to that which God has done. And it, it, it just is so rich and so full. So uh, read Ephesians. Now, I, I, I think I took over 50 studies in, in six verses. So, I mean, it's a lot there. Six chapters. But, but you've got that in six mm-hmm. chapters, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but, but um, um, so, so read uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Read it at least three times and then put in my study. The next time I'm still going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, read it again three times and then listen to the study. And uh, I really honestly believe that the Lord will just pour his love and his grace out over you and upon you. And um, um, I think I think you'll be blessed. Oh, thank you. That, 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 that'll be a good direction. And I don't like to take pain pills either. It, it's like my very last resort of, of yeah. anything. Maybe an well, if you. I get a headache once in a blue moon, but <laughs> I, I don't like well, I don't like this either. And I really appreciate the fact. And there are so many pastors that I mean, a lot of the ones are wonderful, but there's so many that do not get every single bit of nutrition out of a verse like you do. Oh, bless your heart. Thank you, Cindy. But ever since we're, we're, the first time I went to, to Calvary Chapel in 2000, the first thing I said was, it's the best place for the sheep to get fed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cindy. Tell Ray to keep me, keep me informed how you're doing, okay? Okay. I, I, I will Thank when you I see very, him. very much. Uh, God bless. You know, Paula, I'm just thinking, because I just said Ray, and and uh, Ray and Ann have been in my heart for so much. You know, Ray is is um, in his mid-80s, and he's uh, suffering from heart failure. Um, and um, That's another Ray. Another Ray, different yes. different Ray. But uh, I just sprung to mind. So um, could I ask everybody in the audience mm-hmm. to consider a personal favor if you would mention uh, Ray and Anne in your prayers. Mm-hmm. We love them so much. And um, uh, he's, um, he's ready to meet the Lord. Uh, faithful, faithful man. But... Um, we're not ready, maybe, so mm-hmm. uh, keep them in your prayers. Paula, we've inside four minutes. Well, okay, four minutes. What are we going to talk about now? <laughs> I love it. Um, no, uh, you know, talking about the brothers not being so kind to her, I love how when she got it, um, let me see if I can get there. Um, you know, uh, let's see. You're okay. talking about the Shulamite. The Shulamite, yes. In Song of Solomon. Mm-hmm. In the Song of Solomon. The the brothers say, you know, in chapter 8, we have a little sister in, well, you know, she's not very well endowed. Uh, what shall we do for our sister in the day when she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build upon her a battlement of silver. And, and if she is a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. 
Then she says, because I am am a wall, and my breasts are like towers, then I became in his eyes as one who found peace. She knew who she was, you know. It was no longer those who had kind of talked bad about her and used and misused her, um, that she was kind of towering, cowering, I should Mm -hmm. say, under, you know, their bad behavior. She knew who she was yeah. in Christ, and that's really important for all of us, men and women, in Christ to you know. know. That, that I am a wall, um, poetically. Um, it's like a wall of honor. Mm. And what they're talking about is that she's chaste, she's pure, she's a virgin, and, and will be desirous to a man if a man ever looks at her. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so funny to me, you know, how times change. Uh, nothing really changes, but times change. Well, in, in our time, this is a girl that we would consider really hot. Mm. I mean, she's fit, she's mm-hmm. lean, she, Tan. she's yeah, she's she's just everything that we we look for in a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but but they were looking at this poor girl, look the skinny girl, nobody's ever going to want her. <laughs> she got muscles. And, and what they didn't know is that the king himself, yeah, was yeah smitten by her. Yeah. And no, she didn't know he was a king, and the people didn't know he was a king because he came incognito, yep. right, until um, later, you know, and then who is this coming up from the wilderness leaning upon her beloved, you know? Yeah. yeah. He came back for her, like a Cinderella story. Yeah, for, for Cindy and everybody else out there, especially ladies who are feeling a little underappreciated, let me challenge you again to read the Song of Songs. Just the parts that are titled Lover, that's Jesus speaking to you. It's a real story, Solomon speaking to the girl who had his heart, mm-hmm. but it's it's Jesus speaking to you about his relationship, his love affair with you. If you'll do that, it'll change everything. Paula, we're out of time. Yeah, God bless you, and I, I do highly recommend Song of Solomon as well. Okay, if you can think about it, last night's Bible study is online at calvarysa.com. And you would be blessed. Thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back at this mic tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630, The Word. See you then. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.